guys, what happened to the podcast? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad Podcast. Yes, we were down for a week last week. It is a rarity that we actually miss an episode. And, uh, hey, this is Troy. This is, uh, I'm taking the blame for missing an episode last week. Yes, it was kind of the perfect storm, so to speak, of like a million different things. Uh, family stuff, household stuff, work stuff. It all happened at the same time. Uh, and at the exact same time that that happened to me, uh, Mr. Chris Stewart was out in Calgary uh, hosting a Q&A with the Cleaning Up the Town uh, documentary uh, filmmakers, which is very exciting. So um, basically what happened was the perfect meltdown, <laughs> the perfect containment grid shutdown, uh, so to speak, of the Ghostbusters Interventional Crossword Podcast. But uh, never fear, uh, here's what what's going to happen. Um, next week we will be back. We will be talking about all of the things that you're talking about out there Uh Has Ghostbusters 2020 wrapped? They did have a wrap party, but does that mean that they're finished filming? Hmm, question mark. Uh, Ghostbusters the Video Game Remastered is out and on shelves. Uh, I have it on my Nintendo Switch. I have gotten to play all of five minutes of it because of all the stuff that's been going on. Um, And uh, Ghostbusters Transformers, the IDW series, has come to a close. Uh, Some merch news. Uh, Man, there's a ton for Chris and I to talk about. Um, So here's what's going to happen. Uh, Chris, because he is such a generous and wonderful person, put together an episode last week um, that could have been filler. Uh, I, I mean, and I say filler in the kindest, you know, I don't mean it to like, hey, this is an episode you don't really have to listen to, everybody. Uh, it is an episode that Chris lovingly put together uh, to fill the time uh, last week when we thought we were going to be down, and I literally didn't even have time to upload it. So, um, what, we're, what we'll do is we'll play that episode which is a Halloween-centric episode with a little bit of news sprinkled in there, including some franchise stuff and some merch stuff that was, uh, you know, about two weeks ago was was news. But um, we'll play that episode, and then next week we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming. I promise. Thankfully. My God, I hope we'll be back to our regular sch- regularly scheduled programming because it has been... It's been a week. It's been two weeks. Eh, it's been two and a half weeks. Let's not kid each other but uh for reasons that i can uh elaborate on uh, in the future uh it will all become clear and i apologize uh everybody out there that said what happened to the podcast uh we're so glad that you guys are listening and uh, it really made us uh, feel great that you missed us because uh, that is every podcaster's fear that if you miss an episode nobody cares because uh, we're putting this out there for free and yeah you know if we would have missed an episode and, <laughs> and nobody noticed I think that might have been worse, but uh, anyway. So, uh, I'm going to stop breaking into the feed. I'm going to play Chris's episode that he lovingly put together for last week. And then uh, next week, back to the originally scheduled programming here at the Crossrip, uh, where Chris and I will be back together once again. I'm, I'm sorry. A thousand times I'm sorry. I'm sorry we missed a week. It's a, Again, it's a rarity. We have rarely missed a week or two here and there. It's been like holidays where we miss a week. But anyway, on with the show last week's show what should have been last week's show i'm gonna stop and 
Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossroof items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Greetings, conductors of the ghost train? What does Troy say? I don't know. Hi, everybody. This week's going to be a short episode, uh, as happens from time to time. Uh, Troy, or myself, or both of us, you know, have life things. Um, Things get busy, and it kind of put a crunch on things. So what we're quickly going to do is I'm going to quickly give an overview of the news of the week which Troy and I will dive into in more detail next week. Then I decided, since it's the start of the Halloween season, that I would do a short rundown of something, a little experiment I was going to do for myself, and I thought I'd share it with you so you guys could play along if you wanted, which is try to find a raft of Halloween-themed movies that feature in some way our favorite actors from that favorite movie, uh, what's it called? Um... Spirit Punchers. So between now and Halloween, if you find yourself uh, wanting to watch something Halloween-y, but keep that Ghostbusters vibe, it won't have a Ghostbusters vibe, but it'll have Ghostbusters people in it. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of some suggestions, and then at the end, uh, Troy's going to pop back in because he did find a spare moment to crack open his Switch copy of Ghostbusters the Video Game Remastered, and uh, wanted to maybe give a, a at least his first reactions to it and again next week we'll dive into it a bit deeper uh so far so good you know what there's a little bit of a news item so why don't we just get to the news still playing with toys presents the ghostbusters interdimensional crossroad the biggest podcast since 1909 news interviews and commentary on everything ghostbusters are you the key here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! All right, so that first item I mentioned is that uh, the Ghostbusters, the video game remastered, is out. Is out. So 10 years after it was first released, um, <clears throat> the game has been uh, handed off to another team who then uh, put in the legwork to get it working on modern-day consoles uh, systems uh, and upgraded for the uh, Epic Store. I don't know how much it was upgraded for the Epic Store because I'm pretty sure it's still not using the Unreal Engine, but it's been nabbed as a, a an exclusive there so far. Uh, there were some minor hiccups, um, some people having trouble with the one of the, at least one of the console systems. <clears throat> and um, they did respond. The uh, the the Twitter official Twitter for the game did respond that they were aware of the issues people had uh, getting the game running. This is not an everybody thing. This is not like the game went out and everybody went. I can't play. There was a handful of people that. It's just one of those things that <clears throat> a small percentage of people are going to run into a a weird thing that the the developers couldn't anticipate. And they are they are on it. Uh, they may even fixed it by the time you hear this. Who knows. But uh, so far, people seem to be enjoying it. There's some debate about, you know, how much better it looks. It's it's always, until somebody does an actual side-by-side comparison, it's really hard to, to do that sort of thing, so, you know, off your uh, subjective uh, uh, memories. <laughs> your flawed subjective memories. But if you're out there, remember, uh, you can write us in or call numbers at the end of the episode here. Uh, let us know what you think of the video game, and maybe we can run it there next week as uh, Troy and I 
dive deeper into the game itself. Uh, the one thing that I do note is that um, it's proved to hmm, have retained a lot of little annoyances from the previous thing. Uh, minor things, not game stoppers, but things that ideally if you're if a team's gonna dive in and play with stuff uh you know maybe you could have went back and looked through everybody's uh complaints list for things so little things like when you slap on the ghostbusters 2 uh uniform uh it doesn't remove away the uh the old ghostbusters decal it's almost like <sighs> who knows that might have been uh, more trouble than it was worth it was po- might have been possible that uh what they did is they um the default is you run around in a in a Ghostbusters jumpsuit with the regular Ghostbusters logo, and then when it came time to do the Ghostbusters two uniform, they did like a a color shift on it or something. And then uh, um, now I still think it's one patch over the other. I was wondering if maybe the original patch was somehow linked in, but little things like that they're just kind of minor annoyances. And you're like, man, I'm curious about people who make it to the. Uh, the uh, the little stone cherubs, you know what I'm talking about if you've played the game, uh, and I apologize for uh, giving you flashbacks. Uh, again, I suspect that very little about the gameplay was changed. I think this was all about getting it running, up and running ten years later, which is... <clears throat> Here's the thing. Uh, we should all be a little grateful because <laughs> having video games back in our hands running ten years later is kind of... That's not normal. That's a more recent thing. Like, there was a time... <laughs> there was a time where... Uh, boy, it was a side thing. Um, you'd play a game on your old ColecoVision, and then years later, if you wanted to play it, nobody was porting it up to the you know Xbox One or something like that, or the first Xbox is what I meant. Uh, yeah, you were going to your PC and playing it via emulation. So I know a lot of good work went into getting these out, and just the fact that you can go play it on your new systems or on a, the systems it wasn't even intended for, which is like the Switch and all that. Uh, that's pretty darn good. Uh, I just do hope the you know we'll get it onto a wider uh, number of PCs soon. But you know, stay tuned and we'll find out more about that. One of the most notable things this past week. There's been a couple of news items most notable this past week. One was on Monday. Profiles in History ran their their giant Hollywood props. Uh, and costume auction there and uh, uh, if you had the spare moment and you tuned in boy the Ghostbusters one was kind of exciting Um, the collection of stuff together went for uh, a lot of money (laughs) like we're well over a quarter of a million if not approaching half a million and uh, there was a lot of interest about who ran off with the big ticket items the egon uh outfit and accessories and the uh the hero trap and all that um uh, peter mosen's um uh proton pack shell so not a finished pack but the uh the 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 production created shell that never ended up being turned into a proton pack uh it didn't take long it turned out that was ghost adventures uh host star i've never seen it so i don't know uh you'd think by the name i would right but uh, i kind of tapped out after uh, Derek akora and then running around the uk i have a, a feeling of somebody's angry and then a chair moves i kind of stopped at that point but i guess uh, ghost hunting shows are still very popular uh and um right now in american ghost hunting shows uh, zach baggins is a name and zach baggins is doing well because zach baggins dropped three hundred and ten thousand dollars 
on uh, Ghostbusters stuff. Uh, he's the one who got the the Rebel Controlled Hero Pack and the suit. At which point, people then got kind of grumpy going, no, now we'll never get to see it. Well, you do, because two days later, he revealed that uh, he's going to be displaying all this stuff in his haunted museum. There's a museum of ghostly paranormal things that he has opened and runs in Las Vegas, if I understand correctly. And you can go there and see lots of cool stuff related to hauntings, etc. And his favorite film, Ghostbusters. Uh, so, you know, more power to Zach. He's got the bread and he loves the movie like we do. And he dropped dropped a, dropped a dime on it. No, dropped a penny, pretty penny. Dropped a dime as if he snitched on them. Hey, Caps, you should go look at that proton pack. <laughs> Check under the floorboards. You'll find the counterfeit plates. Um... Yeah, so if you want to see any of that stuff, we can see it. I mean, I think the next logical grumbling is people going, no, now I have to go to Las Vegas. Well, that's how physical objects are. They they only stick to one place. Um, so no matter where it was, we'd have to, most of us would have to get up to go see it uh, and go elsewhere. Uh, as it is, it's Vegas, which, let's be honest, it's that's kind of one of the easier places to get to. If he was in the middle of nowhere, it'd be kind of a hassle to get out there, even if he was showing it off. As opposed to us knocking on his door going, let us see the stuff. But uh, as it is, yeah, you can head to Vegas. Uh, it's not on display now. So stay tuned. Um, hopefully, he'll make a big deal of it when it's up and ready to, to see it all. And we will let you know then. Or meet you there, one or the other. Uh, another news item is that New York Comic Con just passed. This is something that mostly I'm going to push back until uh, Troy and I can dive into it. I don't honestly think a lot uh, happened. Uh, Ghostbusters related, but uh, one of the bigger things was Eagle Moss was there um, showing off their their one eighth scale Ecto subscription model building thingy. But part of it was is they were giving deals on getting setting up your subscription. You could get the first magazine slash instructions and the parts right there at the show, as well as pick up an exclusive set of miniatures of the four guys. So uh, one eighth scale Ghostbusters to stand around the one eighth scale Ecto when it finally gets done. I say finally, because a lot of people again, hadn't heard about it earlier when we mentioned that this uh, was going to be a thing and had naturally had some questions like, how long will it take? Well, it turns out they, you're going to get one a week for, I worked it out because they said it was like 141 issues. It's just under three years. <laughs> it's going to take three years. of. But think of it this way. It is a Ghostbusters thing in the mail every week for three years, which is I kind of like. But if you're like a person that wants stuff now, this is not an instant gratification thing. This is... Uh, <laughs> It's going to take three years, and you have to build it. <clears throat> but that said, we've all seen the videos and the pictures. The Ecto is its pretty sweet. Light, sound, uh, get yourself a display. It looks beautiful. Uh, and then the natural other question was, how much is it going to cost me? I did the math on that, uh, including the shipping. And it's only within the U.S., unfortunately, uh, uh, listeners. So you'd have to, if you're not in the U.S., you'll have to find some other way to, to get it. Uh, boy, that sounds like three years of logistical hell but if you're in the u.s so I, I i took their per week subscription price plus shipping and total it all up so over that three-year period it will cost you just over eighteen hundred dollars u.s and again people freak out but hey that's spread it over three years 
Uh, I think it works out closer to if it's per issue plus shipping, 15 bucks a week, which again, you know, 15, I have to do dumb guy math, 30, 60, yes, 60 bucks a month. You know, that's not the, uh, that falls into the category where you can start likening it to other things. That's for Netflix subscriptions. <laughs> that's whatever it is. Um, 12 coffees. Why do I set myself up for this? Never mind. 12 Starbucks coffees. I don't know. Yeah, probably 12 Starbucks coffees. But the point is, is again, uh, I don't know. It's up to you. It is, I think a lot of people, if you haven't seen it firsthand, you're wondering where the value is. But the thing is, is that this is A, they're not making a huge number of them. And B, the detail is quite high, meaning production and all that manufacturing. It's not cheap. Uh, the fact that they can, you know, at, at the end of all this, that you can pick it up for 1800 and get this one eight scale thing in a world of $400 giant NECA slimers and things like that, or those uh, Hollywood collectibles, quarter scale statues. I mean, the price point's not, not the worst Ghostbusters uh, item. <clears throat> most expensive, not worst, the most expensive Ghostbusters item that's ever. Also, I don't have the Ghostbusters 2020 news uh, thing about who's it's. So <laughs> I can't drop it in here. Uh, plus, it doesn't involve Troy. So we'll leave it. This is definitely, I think, going to be a, a major discussion point for us. But I did want to mention that if you hit the social medias, uh, Proton Charging, etc., the link's up there for a Calgary Herald uh, article uh, interviewing Francois Audouy, uh, who's working on the current Ghostbusters, talking about the process leading up to the movie, the selection of Calgary and the surrounding areas for the movie and, and that sort of thing. Um, if you're lucky and live in Calgary, um, if you're not going to see cleaning up the town Monday night during the day, he will be at, well, I think it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I don't know exactly when it is. They have not said, but he's participating as a key speaker at a, an event at Mount Royal college. Uh, so he will be there to talk to people in person about, uh, you know, his, his job, his career. And, you know, given that he's in Calgary, probably a lot about Ghostbusters too. So hopefully maybe we'll get a little bit out of that. Uh, that'd be cool. But, uh, the article I'm going to leave aside for now and Troy and I will dig into it more next week and, uh, discuss it, uh, as, uh, we will be discussing it the week of production wrapping up. I guess that's the other big news is that Ghostbusters 2020 is coming to its close. Uh, I have heard uh, that as I am recording this, um, <clears throat> a couple of days before it drops on Monday the 7th, yeah, it, uh, they had their uh, cast and crew uh, uh, rap party, and then uh, they shoot for a few more days, and then that's it. I'm not 100% sure that's principal photography or everything, but it feels about right now that I think about it, because they would have started... June, July, until now, yeah. You know, so you shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot, and then it turns over to... Uh, this is also probably why Francois Audouy is uh, uh, slightly more loose ends. He's not in Calgary at the moment, although he'll be back for the um, for that Mount Royal uh, thing, is that, you know, the uh, production designer doesn't have much to do at this point as we get to the end of the movie, and then it'll hand off to post-production uh, effects and editing and sound... 
and teaser trailers. You can't hear it, but my fingers are crossed. And I know yours are too. But anyways, we'll get into that more next week. Uh, was there anything else? No, it was mostly cool, fun stuff. Um, I got a little guy, so <laughs> I've been forced to watch a lot of Dan Schneider Nickelodeon shows. Uh, eh, which I can tolerate for the most part, but he decided to watch one uh, victorious emphasis on the Tory. Anyways, the point is, is that one of the characters, his bedroom has a very familiar Ghostbusters 2 scene, uh, Statue of Liberty hand, uh, lamp. Um, so again, going back to, um, Alex Newbern and, um, uh, <clears throat> Paul at Spook Central and those of us that go looking for these things that uh, you, you know, a movie with the Statue of Liberty in it. I guess that was the set designers being all uh, uh, clever, clever, and just renting it. Uh, um, so somewheres in the land of film and television production uh, in L.A., that lamp exists and is floating around. Maybe one of these days we'll find it. Uh, but it was a fun week for little things like that, but not really news. Just kind of, you know, uh, nerdy fan stuff. Did we miss anything else? Troy's way tighter than I am when he does this, right? It's like he knows what he's doing. Uh, eh. That's it. Oh, no, it's October 3rd. That was new, too. No, that was when they posted the Ghostbusters franchises worldwide. Uh, somebody made a clever little edit of um, Poltergeist and the Ghostbusters uh, television commercial. Uh, I think that's about it. Zach Baggins. Yeah, it's not really something to get into, but sad news for Michigan Ghost Heads. Um, uh, one of the... What town was it? I don't... I'm going to have to do so much editing. Or maybe it won't. Maybe I'll just leave it in. You'll have to listen to it. Grand Rapids. Ugh, why did they say GR? Uh, never mind. Anyways, Grand Rapids was going to have... Uh, the Grand Rapids Symphony was going to host a Halloween performance of... Um, Ghostbusters Live uh, and they've had to cancel it due to low ticket sales uh, to which I think everybody stops and goes yeah because you schedule it on Halloween <laughs> if people were fans of Ghostbusters what is potentially the worst day to ask them to come sit inside and listen to uh, people play the music to that movie they love uh, the day when they get to dress up and run around and play um, so that, that didn't go right I'm not saying everybody that was going to sell tickets was um, a Ghostbusters fan that, you know, had a uniform and all that. But what I am saying, though, is that it's Halloween, right? Like, so what if their parents? Well, their kids are going to go trick-or-treating, right? Like, if, uh, you know, if you're a younger person, it's Halloween party night. Like, it's, uh, there was just, I don't know. Thematically, it made sense. But I, in practice, it turns out it didn't work out very well. So, uh, you know, sad, sad day for, uh, Michigan Ghost Heads. Um, oh, well, maybe they'll reschedule for another time. I don't know. Uh, unlikely. But stay tuned. If we hear about it, we'll let you know. Uh, probably have a couple things to mention, like Mondo T's got into some... Um, they made another uh, Ghostbusters screen-printed poster, and the uh, uh, they released a soundtrack, um, the score, the original uh, score, uh, on vinyl with their own, uh, again, custom Mondo uh, sleeve art. Not just the cover, but the inside and all that, too. Pretty sexy. 
very expensive. Boy, Mondo. And I'm sure Mondo collectors went nuts for it, as well as Ghostbusters fans. Um, we'll probably know more soon, but there was some hint. Um, Toys That Made Us 3 is coming out November 15th, and uh, longtime Ghosthead uh, and pal of the interdimensional cross rip and proton charging, Mr. James Etick. Those of you who uh, remember Serial Magazine, that uh, <clears throat> ongoing giant love letter to Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, he's uh, he's also basically the the world expert in He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, yeah, he's one of the talking heads on the third series. Uh, and when he posted about that, he took a picture holding up the the toys that made us. Uh, TV logo sign in front of one of the set backdrops, which happened to have a Kenner Ecto in the background. So, you know, <coughs> fingers crossed that that means that maybe they'll be, we'll get to see a bit of that in this one. Maybe. If not, hey, season four is right around the corner. And then last but not least, uh, if as the time you're listening to this, it is Monday the 7th um, on the release date. Uh, if you're listening to it later, I don't know, just roll with it. But they, um, that is the day that I will be in Calgary. I will be attending the premiere screening of Cleaning Up the Town uh, as part of uh, the organizers of the Calgary Underground Film Festival. Uh, both uh, Claire and Anthony Bueno will be there, um, as well as uh, segment and elements producer Derek Osborne. Um, and then I will be doing a Q&A with them after. Uh, as of this moment, it, it sounds like I'm going to be able to record that and share it with you guys later. So this will also... Uh, be part of next week's uh, episode when Troy's back uh, uh, back at it. But yeah, uh, if if nothing else, I'm definitely going to tell you all about it. Uh, so if you're in the Calgary area and you're going to be there, uh, please come say hi. If you're not, stay tuned. Going to tell you all about it, uh, and we're going to try and find out more about you know the future of the documentary moving ahead, other screenings, um, the Kickstarter backers and how that's going to roll out, etc. So good stuff to come. What we're going to do now. Oh, I was going to do the Halloween movie thing. I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I have an opening for this, but I'll try and fake one. Insert intro here. Hi, everybody. So, get your pen and paper. This is not going to be super long. Uh, I've kept it to mostly the top-level uh, casts. I didn't go digging for the, the the not even co-stars, extras, uh, minor characters, etc. Uh, I kept to the higher-level ones that were in both movies. Uh, let's start with uh, Mr. Bill Murray. I think that one's pretty easy in most people's uh, case. You will recall, uh, you can see him uh, in a notable role in Zombieland. That's uh, it's not a bad Halloween one. Uh, of course, it's now out available to rent and download and all that as well, which is Jim Jarmusch's uh, Dead, The Dead Don't Die. I went and saw that. It's, um, it's a strange, it's a Jim Jarmusch movie. It's, uh, so it's got a lot of, got a lot of, well, it's, um, he never makes normal movies in the sense that if you're familiar with going to the, the Cineplex to see movies and you have a sense of this is how a movie's made, he doesn't do much of that. Uh, but yep, there are zombies and there is Bill Murray. It's, um, it's slower. 
and boy, it gets weird at the end, but, uh, might be worth uh, checking out just, just for, you know, well, it's never a bad thing to see Bill Murray. Uh, he definitely was a highlight of the movie for me. Um, and then a third one, and if you haven't, you gotta, and he only plays a small role in it, but I would recommend, uh, getting Ed Wood. Tim Burton, director of Batman, Beetlejuice, and Edward Scissorhands, now takes you to a completely different world. The true story of a Hollywood legend, Ed Wood. And action! He made movies like no one else. You want to keep moving? You've got to get through that door. Perfect. Perfect. Do you know anything about film production? Well, I like to think so. He had an eye for talent. I met Bella Lugosi. Well, I thought he was dead. This is the most uncomfortable coffin I've ever been in. No, he's very much alive. You flying saucer? He had a passion for storytelling. Get me transvestites. I need transvestites. You're flashy. They want that. Okay. But they want professionalism. So Nick Sandinelli without losing naivete. What kind of a movie is this? It's science fiction. A heartbreaking romance. Brave robbers from outer space. Brave robbers from what? And he had a secret he couldn't hide. I like to dress in women's clothing. Panties, sweaters, pumps. It's just something I do. You don't like sex with girls? No, I love sex with girls. Wearing their clothes makes me feel closer to them. How can you act so casual when you're dressed like that? All right, everybody, let's finish this picture. Touchstone Pictures presents Johnny Depp. Martin Landau, Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette, and Bill Murray in the true story of an unforgettable filmmaker. We're making another movie. I got the Church of Beverly Hills to put up the cash. How do you get all your friends to get baptized just so you can make a monster movie? And his legacy that will live forever. How do you burn this off? Shake his legs around. Looks like he's killing. This is the one. I command you! This is the one I'll be remembered for. Ed Wood, a Tim Burton film. Really? Worst film you ever saw. Well, my next one will be better. Hello? Man, that's just a great one. Again, it's obviously it's not a horror movie. It's kind of a, a drama comedy a biopic to boot, but it's black and white and it's about, you know, the, making these cheesy films and the sci-fi horror in the fifties. And I don't know, it just, well, it's Tim Burton. So it just exudes, <laughs> it exudes weird Halloween vibes. Uh, and Bill Murray again, puts in a very, uh, notable turn. Um, uh, apparently Tim Burton's not a big fan of, of improv, but once he got Bill Murray, uh, it's somebody mentioned it's the only in the, in the movie, it's all cameras locked down, but they went for some handheld with Bill Murray. Cause you just, he wasn't going to do, do what you, what you put down on paper. So, um, it's a real great one. I would recommend that. Um, Dan Aykroyd, Mr. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Evolution has come up recently in our podcast, mostly because I went and watched it. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, I believe, and I watched it there. Uh, it was fun. It's uh, not great, but it was not bad either. I, I, I kind of I hadn't seen it in probably over well over 10 plus years. And I went back and watched it, and yeah, it's fun.
investigate the meteor if indeed that is what it is. Oh, ooh. It's a rock that bleeds. Now that's peculiar. It's too amazing to even contemplate it. It's like they're evolving. Our little babies seem to be growing up. Well, I hope they don't make it to puberty. There's a bug in my suit! You're all sealed up! That's impossible! Oh, tell me I'm sealed up! I know there's a bug in my... Ooh, How are you going in? I might be able to catch it in his colon. All right, flip it! I'll get the lubricant. There's no time for lubricant. There's always time for lubricant! This season... Is there some sort of alien attack happening here? Have a nice end of the world. Evolution. Good googamugga! Come on, cutie pie. David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott. Awesome! And Academy Award nominee, Julianne Moore. <laughs> oh. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh-oh. Time to go! Evolution. So what do you want? Light me or dark? You have to ask? <laughs> I don't think the characters, it's kind of like the characters all wanted to have a little bit of all the characters from Ghostbusters, which doesn't work out quite right. You know, nobody was really the, this character, the, this, not strongly, let's put it that way. Um, he's in earth versus the spider. <laughs> I don't know how much he's in it cause I haven't seen it, but it's on my list cause earth versus the spider, uh, screams, uh, perfect movie to watch at Halloween. And I, I definitely now want to see where Dan, uh, Dan Aykroyd is in it. You could throw in things like, um, Coneheads, eh, maybe, uh, if you want to go TV, he's, uh, appeared in some tales from the crypt as well as he has his own show. Sci factor. He's not in it. He just opens it. That's a hard one to find. Let's be very honest. Uh, I guess technically you might be able to watch my stepmother as an alien, you know, late eighties, early nineties with comedy, with a weird kind of paranormal twist to it. You know, I've never seen it. Is it just the title? Maybe she's not an alien. Maybe she's an immigrant. <laughs> Maybe I've never understood what this movie is at all. I should have, probably check it out. It just doesn't seem super Halloween-y, but hey. And then I think though the most ideal movie if you want to watch a movie with Dan Aykroyd in it on Halloween is Rent Yourself the Twilight Zone the movie uh, he uh, opens it with Charles Grodin and um, I think he closes the movie as well John Landis American Werewolf in London Steven Spielberg E.T. Joe Dante the Howling, George Miller, Mad Max. These acclaimed directors take you to another dimension. A journey into a wondrous land whose only boundaries 
are your imagination. Next stop, the Twilight Zone. It's a, that's a corker. That's a perfect Halloween one. Uh, Sigourney Weaver as, <laughs> why am I even talking about her? Because frankly, well covered. Uh, it's, it's instantaneous. Just go get aliens. Great movie. Not Halloweeny. I know it's got monsters, but that's an actual movie. Uh, let's be honest. Alien. The first one. That's the Halloween horror movie right there. If you haven't seen it, that's a good one. Um, I know way back when I think I mentioned it, uh, when it came out, it kind of came and went in theaters, red lights where she plays uh, a university professor. Again, I think it's kind of supposed to be set based on reality, but mm, uh, I, I don't know. But as Robert De Niro in it, it's, um, it's not bad. It's quiet. It's not super fast. It mostly exudes creepiness and it's got a little bit of a twist at the end. Um, and it's kind of fun. It's like watching, um, Sigourney Weaver kind of be a ghostbuster. I mean, technically she is, she doesn't have equipment or anything like that, but kind of like the guys at the beginning of the first movie. That's her in, in, in this one. Uh, I, I kind of liked it. I kind of want to go back and revisit it. Um, of course, uh, she appears in cabin in the woods. Yeah, that's a solid Halloween one. I know that's more of a gory horror one, but that, that no, it's not even all that gory. But that's kind of what its its love letter is too. She's in it. It's a great, a lot of great fun. Yeah, okay, I'll put it on the list. Let's do that. She does appear in Paul. Paul's funny. I do like uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg a lot, but eh, I don't know about how. How Halloweeny? Well, you know, funny movies with aliens never a bad thing for Halloween. I think that's a good one if you got it lying around. Uh, she's in the village. What a twist! That one's. Meh. You know what? I leave that up to you. That's discretionary. I'm not going to go back and watch it. It is very creepy. It's got an M Night Shyamalan twist to it. I I don't know that it rewatches well. I certainly haven't had the urge to go back and rewatch it. If you've never seen it, you should watch it because that first viewing definitely at least catches you a couple of times, but meh. And then last but not least, and again, I'm trying with, if possible, with most of these people, some of them, their credits that fall into Halloween type movies are kind of thin on the ground, but these first three, definitely, I want to pick out ones that you may not have seen that you definitely should have seen. So Bill Murray, uh, Ed Wood, if you haven't, um, Dan Aykroyd, uh, the Twilight Zone, the movie, uh, and in Sigourney Weaver's case, copycat. What turns on a killer is the suffering and death of another human being. And as his determination builds to take another life, he plans in obsessive detail what props he'll bring, what knots he'll tie. Let me ask you guys something. What turns you on? A criminal psychiatrist. There's a serial killer out there who strangled three women. He's going to do it again. A homicide detective. Would you work with us on this? You're kidding, right? I do not want you discussing this case with her in any shape, way, or form. It's the Boston Strangler. Are you telling me this guy's copycatting a serial killer's been dead for 20 years? You're looking for an intelligent white male. 20 to 30 years old, socially functional. Everything is different, different guy. He's switched from DeSalvo to Bianchi and Bono, the hillside strangler. One man is copying the most notorious killers in history, one at a time. He's sending you letters like he's daring us to nail him. 
If he wants to be famous, he has to be caught. I'm death and life to you, Doc. We know that Mr. Cullen was safe in San Quentin last night, so how come his book shows up under the mattress? Together, two women must stop him. The man who has killed five women in this city was just in your apartment. Before he kills again. All I know to do is change your locks, tighten up your security, and pray. Sigourney Weaver, Holly Hunter, and Harry Connick Jr. in a deadly game of cat. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And mouse. <gasps> Copycat. Uh, it's it's technically a thriller, <laughs> but it's about uh, she gets. Uh, I think she's the target of. I think she writes books. Like she's kind of an academic and she writes books about psychology of serial killers and all this. And of course one targets her, uh, um, played by Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, if you ever want to see, uh, the crooner from when Harry met Sally, uh, <laughs> play a demented Southern serial killer, go for it. Uh, again, it's, um, I don't know. It didn't, it, it, Boy, it didn't shake the world up when it came out, but it did pretty good, and I remember enjoying it a lot. I'm gonna go revisit it. Visited it, did it, it. And if you, if you kind of like thriller movies like that, like what's the one, Angelina Jolie, Bones, ones like that. You know what I mean? The ones where strong women terrorized by killer and they face off and hunt them down and win the day and all that sort of thing. Um, boy, there's a couple, there's like one with Morgan Freeman and Angelina Jolie that is just completely stuck in my head with a Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie one that are essentially the same thing. <laughs> all about Angelina Jolie having to fight off a maniac. I don't know. Anyways, copycat. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have seen it. I don't think it's awesome. I don't think it's horrible. And I don't think most of you have seen it. So, you know, maybe check that out. Now we're getting to thin on the ground. Uh, and that's just because these people, for whatever reason, they're not, you know, they don't, they didn't make a lot of movies that you would call, they didn't make horror movies or sci-fi movies and all that. Um, Harold Ramis, nearly impossible. All I'll say here is if you haven't seen Heavy Metal, he does a couple of voices. Columbia Pictures presents Heavy Metal. A trip beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before. A universe of mystery. A universe of passionate fantasies. A universe of terrifying evil. A universe of magic. Heavy Metal. Science fiction. 
heavy metals. Mm. Look, it's animated, but if you have kids, it's not an animated movie for kids. But uh, if you've never seen it, uh, again, it's very uh, uh, ghostbustery, involving Ivan Reitman, Michael C. Gross, uh, I believe Dan Aykroyd's voiced in there somewhere, uh, Harold Ramis, etc. Uh, and, and Ghostbusters adjacent, John Candy's, uh, et cetera. Um, it's just like the magazine. If you ever saw that, it's uh, whatever. It's kind of edgy adult comic books until we all accept it that, you know, maybe as adults, we can just be happy reading comic books and people don't point fingers at us. Uh, and then they made all these movies and now everybody's a comic fan. Haha, <laughs> you can't laugh at us now. Um, Ernie Hudson. Again, not a lot. Uh, the, 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 the early sci-fi one, why didn't I write that one down? Oh, man, him and Molly Ringwald and all that running around the Forbidden Zone or whatever the heck it is. It showed in 3D. I saw it in theater. It was in, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was in anaglyph, blue, red, <laughs> 3D and everything. Oh, man. It's funny, that's not a great movie, but the memory's really great. Just, you know, eating popcorn and wearing, like, I feel like I was, like, on the last edge of people that get to do that classic 50s and 60s things of being in a movie theater with glasses on, watching a 3D movie, uh, you know, pop out at you in the the really crappy old school way, you know, before we got to the, uh, uh, the, the 60 frames a second, uh, polarized lenses, uh, 3d golden age we live in now uh but mostly the crow ernie hudson in the crow people once believed that when someone dies a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead but sometimes just sometimes the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right That gasoline I smell? <laughs> Victims, aren't we all? I believe his character name is Albrecht. Officer Albrecht. See, police officer. He's in it though. Uh, you know, and I think I have trouble watching The Crow just knowing how things turned out. Uh, for a similar reason, I have kind of trouble watching the opening. Uh, sh- no, it's the second short in the Twilight Zone where you know Vic Morrow and those two children died. It's <laughs> if you're into movies and you're aware of these things. It's kind of tough. Deadpool 2, a woman who uh, stood in motorcycle stunts for the Domino character, died here in town in Vancouver. Uh, Deadpool 2, great fun. Got to that scene where I know exactly what scene they would have been shooting for, and it's kind of a bummer. 
Oh. Anyways. Uh, the Crow, though, is undoubtedly a classic. And bummer or not, it's... Um, <clears throat> It, it, it's it's sad that um, Brandon Lee passed away in the making of this movie, but it'd be sadder than if we didn't have the movie to kind of, you know, at least appreciate and celebrate and wonder, you know, where he was going to go in life. You know what I mean? Like, what's sadder, that we have a, a, a movie that will constantly remind us of what happened to him, or if they had shelved it? And he, the classic case of, uh, he died for nothing. This is a bummer. Where am I going? My blood sugar low or something. Apparently I need Troy to interrupt and pick me up or something like that. But anyways, the crow, um, he was, um, speaking of thrillers, if you feel thrillery, I didn't write it down, but I also remember going to the theater and seeing, uh, the hand that rocks the cradle and he's in that too. Um, (laughs) it's kind of his, uh. (laughs) <laughs> it's his his Ben Stiller uh Oscar nomination uh role from uh Tropical Thunder if you know what I mean. But uh it's a it was a good thriller. Again, I'm not a big fan of crazy person goes after uh you know crazy person insinuates themselves into the lives of a family and then tries to tear it apart sort of thing. Uh, it's not Ernie that does that by the way. It's Rebecca De Mornay, I think. But anyways, uh, you know, I'll just throw that out there. If you haven't, it's, I think Ernie seems to regard it as one of his best too. And I don't know that I can argue with that. So yeah, maybe it's worth uh, checking out again. Maybe I'll write that down. I kind of had a, a one in my back pocket. Uh, she's not in both. This breaks my rule that it's actor who is in both Ghostbusters one and two. Uh, but she's kind of a special case. I'm putting uh, in uh, Slavicio Van, uh, who did House on Haunted Hill. This Halloween, six strangers have been invited to a party. If they can stay up till dawn, they'll win one million dollars each. The only catch is that they'll have to live through the night. Let the games begin. Hey, I think I got something. Open the door! Steven, are you doing this? No. Uh, it's kind of a soft spot for me because when I started proton charging early on, um, she was in House on Haunted Hill. She doesn't have a big role. She plays a basically a uh, a nurse, <laughs> a, a, a dead, ghostly, malevolent nurse 
very scary, very creepy, uh, very notable, very easy to spot her in the movie. Uh, but because she was in that, her managers or agents or somebody reached out to me and said, would you like to interview her? And I said, yes, please. And this was in the age where before audio stuff was easy to throw around when you weren't in the same place. So we did it by email. Uh, and it's out there on Proton Charging somewhere. I'll have to dig it up. And um, frankly, she, <laughs> I sent her questions and I got kind of one word. Did you blah, 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 blah. Yes. Riveting. But it was cool. It was my first uh, big interaction with um, <laughs> with somebody who worked on my favorite movie as a baby webmaster. Hooray! I got to interview somebody that worked on the movie. Uh, and it is House on Haunted Hill. It's a remake of the, the original. I like the original, too. It's got a couple of moments there. Uh, well, it's Vincent Price, always well worth watching. Uh, two, there's a couple of bits with the, the crone uh, that just... Even now, if it's been a while since I watch it, the way they shot it, it's, I th <laughs> we'd call it a jump scare now, except that the way they do it, uh, here's the difference between a good jump scare and a bad jump scare. If the the jump scare makes you jump, makes you do a, ah, that's just a, that's just a jump scare. If they set it up and do a jump scare and instead of, ah, you get that feeling of the, flight or fight that frozen moment before your body decides whether you're going to fight or run away uh that's fan those are fantastic and those are hard to do uh and as you get older and things scare you less harder to experience oh man that creepy old lady but anyways this is a remake of that they bump it up a notch it gets way gorier it gets way creepier um you know, it's it's pre it's kind of a predecessor to the Saw era of what horror movies would be. You know, so things that came after it were, uh, you know, thirteen ghosts. The ghosts are not. You can't have spooky or creepy ghosts. The ghosts have to be horrible, horrible, horrible ghosts. Uh, and this, yeah, this this whole the the remake is all that. Uh, I really like that one. That's definitely a good Halloween corker. So I'm going to end off on that note. And call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for putting up with me, because I know <laughs> between the two of us, the less rambly, more organized one is Troy. But yeah, uh, sometimes I'm busy, and he does me a solid. And this time he's busy, and I'm ruining everything we've built together. He built it all up. I'm tearing it all down. Um, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And you win a car, and you win a car, and you win a car. I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, I'm lost. Normally, Troy goes, what's your final thought? And off I go. I can't, I cannot sell final thought. I have no auto final thought function other than 
Thanks for tuning in. If you were at New York City Comic Con, maybe if you went to the premiere of Cleaning Up the Town, maybe if you even got to go see Francois Ardui. Oh, jeez. Um, I apologize. I'm, I'm massacring that name every time I say it. If you got to see him talk at Mount Royal College, uh, if you went through the Halloween list uh, and you've got some other suggestions, uh, maybe people that uh, actors in the movies that I didn't get to that you want to drop some suggestions or just respond to the your thoughts on the ones I uh, threw out there uh, or, or, or correct me because there's a chance I got at least one or two names in there wrong. Uh, be sure to... Uh, call in or write to us let us know we'll uh, throw that into the episode and other than that I'm going to sign off here Uh, we're going to get on with the week because I got to get packed as of this recording I got to get packed and I got to get to Calgary and then when I'm back Troy and I are going to hit the news again and we'll see you all then who you going to call Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so cool.